What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we're coming back with a word on the street. Yeah. We've got uh, a variety of topics that we're going to talk about, so we should just go ahead and get right into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So the first topic we got here is Bodak Yellow. By Cardi B. By Cardi B. The prolific lyricist Cardi B. Is that yeah. is that how we're referring to, nah. to it? I, no? I, I, not, not for me, but... <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, I mean... We've kind of talked offline about how I feel about the record. Why don't you tell us about how you feel about the record? Uh, I wish I was actually more familiar with it. Only in the mm. sense, I mean, I, I know the song. I know the video. I've heard it, I, I don't know, video. maybe like five or six times. I know that... I'm surprised. Five or six? It, look, if I'm at someone's place and they're playing yeah. it, I'm going to hear it. No, right? I'm surprised you haven't heard it more. I, 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 my next question maybe was going to be, it more. is it the song of the song? I think, I think I've heard it maybe five or six times that I knew that that was oh, the okay, song that okay. was Bodak Yellow. I don't think I actually paid attention to it until after Damon posted that if you don't <laughs> like this song, like you're whack and these are 10 other whack things you probably Shout do. Out to and Damon then I was like, wait, very smart do I know this song, Bodak Yellow? And <laughs> so, then I was like, oh, I know this track. So have you... um? Have you like been out and and seen the reaction that people have to the song when when it gets played? I know that ladies like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the fellas. Mm-hmm. What's your take uh, on the fellas? I think everybody loves it. I mean, I I would I would even venture far enough to say that I would call it the song of the summer, but probably from a perspective of bias because I think Unforgettable is the most culturally appropriating piece of shit that I've ever heard in my life. You know what's interesting is that I had to. Um, I had a DJ uh, a wedding in mm-hmm. August, and sometimes I, you guys are, w- are, are well aware that I'm not always up to date on some of this music, right? Like right. some of the stuff, some of the stuff I'll hear and you be like, oh, like uh, Outlaw knows this, and then you'll you'll think that I know something else, and I'm like, nah. Right. So then when you see how unaware I am of one <laughs> song, you're surprised that I'm actually well aware and enjoy another song, right? So right, right. it kind of gets like that. Yeah. I didn't even know the song Unforgettable until I asked a friend like some suggestions for this wedding playlist. Yeah. It's like Unforgettable. I'm like, yeah. I never even heard it. Wow. And then when I when I listened to it, I was not feeling it at yeah. all. It's interesting because I mean, it's it's a, it's a, a fairly you know palatable Afrobeats you know style. Sure. record like like the beat is is normal um you hear sway lee kind of singing on it you're like yeah. okay and then you remember that it's supposed to be french montana's you know redemption song for saying he hates black women or whatever so wait anyway. he said he hates black women uh, apparently he was dragging uh very specifically i guess his baby mother on on social media and saying all this stuff about you know black women and stuff and and it, it didn't obviously didn't play over very well with his fan base. So from what I hear, um, shout out to Shamira, shout out to a couple other sources. Um, from what I hear, the, their label is essentially trying to kind of rebrand him by connecting him with African music because oh, that's he's how we quote re- unquote African. That's how we um, rebrand him now. That's even though do. he he comes from a country that is does not consider themselves to be Black Africans, but he's which Moroccan. country is that? He's Moroccan. Oh, he's from North yeah. Africa. So uh, he's he's North African. Uh, they have like, a real interesting. They exactly. have a real interesting uh, dynamic there. I, exactly. I used to date a woman from Morocco who told me that she was black, oh. uh, in the same way that I am. She said she's right. mixed. Like her mother is black. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she's. I've seen pictures of her mother. I never actually met her mother. I've seen pictures of her mother. She was she was brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she said that Morocco. In her experience, there's a lot of racism there. Yeah, French Montana, um, well, Moroccans in general, many of them 
consider themselves Africans, but not black Africans. Okay. Um, and French Montana seems as though he kind of considers himself in that, in that category okay. of people just based on the way he talks about himself. So, you know, it's kind of interesting and even funny that, you know, as a North African, their way of connecting him back to Africa is by creating Afrobeats records, which are very obviously West African in, right. <laughs> in origin. Right. But uh, but anyway, back to the the topic of uh, of Bodak Yellow. Unless well, yeah, you want to continue so, talking about so Unforgettable. Between Bo- so you're gonna say that Unforgettable is not the song of the summer, and it clearly wasn't for me because I heard the song maybe two or three times. I personally think that those two songs are contending for the song of the summer. Okay, and I think that I, in my opinion, actually, I would say the Cardi B song is is clearly ahead of it, even I'll my personal bias sure. aside, because I don't think people know the words to Unforgettable. Um, I think okay. when I when I see it out, I see people react to it. They like the dance, whatever, whatever. But like when a Cardi comes on, it's like stop what you're doing. Let's all rap the lyrics to this song together. Okay, almost in the way of oh p i g p o p p a. Even though I know it's kind of sacrilegious for me to compare the two records, uh, it has that kind of energy where everybody wants to rap along with it. So, um, so do you think that it gets? You think Bodak Yellow gets the nod over Wild Thoughts? Ooh, good one, good one. Or, um, or, or let's not even talk about hip hop. Let's just talk mm-hmm. about pop, black pop. What right. about uh, the stuff that um, Bruno Mars is doing? He has a lot of records too. Yeah. Is that a different, different category? I entirely? think I will put it. Uh, you know, I will put whitewash pop in in okay. a different category. No disrespect to Bruno because I think he's very talented, but I don't think he makes the type of music that does, we're talking does, about. Right now. Is Mask Off not a summer song? I think it's like right before. All right. Yeah. Same thing goes for Migos yeah. T-shirt. Yeah. I fuck with that Migos that t-shirt. That's hard. Yo. Yeah, that joint's hard. No diss. Yo, uh, but you know what? I think the song that kind of came too late mm-hmm. might have been the joint with Mo- uh, Migos and Gucci Man. The uh, the bag joint. Yeah. Yeah, um, that joint that's, that's, that's starting to get some buzz. So yeah, maybe yeah. that could, you know, I don't know. I, I still think it's clearly Bodak okay, Yellow. Right. Um, I think hip hop has created an, another star, honestly, with, with that song. Cardi B, really? Um, and okay. and, and I, I, I say that with mixed feelings because, you know, <laughs> as we've discussed, um... I don't know if this individual has the the muster to to be where this record has taken her, um, and and so I you know it's it's actually kind of you know to go to a, another lightweight topic that we've had on everyday struggle. Um, Joe Budden talked about how Little Uzi's album is trash, you okay. know, and he talked about how that's the other one. He said, that's the other track, the EXO uh, Tour Life. Yeah, I think that was that was spring, but. It bound, yeah. well maybe yeah. but it got it got heavy buzz it blew uh, up I mean when you have when you're performing at the VMAs with Ed Sheeran yeah, no, and that's he's singing the hook to the track like, it's everywhere but he but he talked about how you know he puts Uzi in terms of his rock star status and his movement you know ahead of most of the guys but the album is trash and in his mind there's nothing that's a follow up of the magnitude of that record this is and, uh, Lil Uzi uh, Vert Lil Uzi Vert okay. and EXO Tour Life right. similarly you know it's like I, I I I think that it's a good move that uh, Cardi B is dating Amigo. You know, oh, what I'm which one is she dating? Uh, you know, I don't even know him by name. Quavo, Takeoff, and uh, take Offset. One, all of them. I don't know. <laughs> She's dating one of them little four or five niggas. Um, and <laughs> Quavo, I'd like to think Quavo could do better than Cardi B. So is that the one that she's dating? I would I, I would like to think he could do better. So I'm assuming uh, it's not. It's I mean, probably no, no take dis- off or offset. No dis to no dis to, to Cardi. She she she. Nah, but I'm straight. saying like Migo should uh, uh, Quavo should should be like if he's a is star, he the tallest right? or something. Nah, no nah, Quavo is the or is like the, the star. Main star is, is the main yeah. one. So if he's a star, he should be mm-hmm. 
setting his sights further. Unless unless Cardi B is like that. I, I mean, so when Cardi, I look at her, I don't see that. So back to Cardi's trajectory, because no no diss to Cardi. Anybody who wants to date Cardi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's she's a beautiful true, and, and, and wonderful young lady. Do good we lu- know Good luck. I don't know. I, but I, I don't know <laughs> otherwise, though. That's cool. I don't know right, that she's right, not right. either. You know what I mean? So, right. so anyway, um, you know, I, I think that that's a strong move for her in terms of trying to come up with something to follow up mm-hmm. the song of the summer. Uh, By but dating it, someone? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like, this person's probably going to write for you. Isn't it They're a They're going to feature on your records. Isn't it a shame that that matters now? It's it's really sad, actually. It it, it, it breaks my heart, but it's a fact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the, the Dave Chappelle Oprah episode where he's like, if he impregnated Oprah, he'd be home! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, similarly, uh, so that's a good position to be in. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of her personal ability, not to say that she writes her own records, because that's another thing that I, I don't really feel but confident that about. Now. Yeah, but, that but whoever her team is, if they can't give us another Bodak Yellow, um, then they may not have. I mean, you know, she's a big personality. She's doing I think red she carpets. She's doing it for et cetera. Sure. So that's good. And and that's something that a little Uzi Vert can't do because he doesn't have titties. Yeah. So um, you know, good good luck to to her. But but anyway, back to what we were talking about here. Kodak Black remixed Bodak Yellow, uh-huh, which I I've not heard this, <laughs> and then put it his version back out. Okay. So you know, what are your thoughts? Is that does that is that gonna give it give it more life, or is the wave gonna continue? Or well, where does he sit right now? Good question. Um, I think he sat a lot higher before. Okay, but he's also dating the Cash Me Outside girl, and he put her on. So you know, assuming this multi million dollar investment that Atlantic just made um, actually does blossom into something, he gets to capitalize off that wave too. Um. All right, so Cash Me Outside, apparently she made like a million dollars off of Instagram somehow. Possibly. Um, I know. Doing something. So she did the Cash Me Outside thing. Then she made t-shirts. And she also simultaneously dated Kodak Black and was in his next music video. I think that um, it's probably a good short-term boost. But then at the end of the day, like, I don't see any, I don't see any long-term uh, sustainability there. Yeah. So, um, of of the record or of, of uh, Kodak of Black? Co- of Kodak Black. Uh, um, I disagree with you. It, it actually, I, I, for once, on these mumble mouth ninjas, okay. I, I think I disagree with you. Just in that, um, first of all, to me, everything he's ever put out sounds exactly the same. Um, but I wouldn't say any different for any of these guys that are in in this in that lane of, okay. of music. Somehow he's sustained and he's continuing like. He's continually putting out music, and people are continually interested in what he's putting out. So, I mean, okay. I think this Catch Me Outside girl having fame additionally, it only serves to to boost what he's already coming So, doing. So, he signed her? She got a deal? Well, she got a deal independently of him. Oh, I cannot I don't keep think up he's, with Yeah, this. I don't even think How? he's in the Man. management chain at all. Interesting. Yeah. So, what is she going to be doing? Well, apparently she put out a video that was viral, um, a music video of her spitting bars over something. So she raps now. If you want to call it that. It's really bad. She puts vocals on a track. She speaks on records. It's worse than what Kodak Black does. And you really think that there's some long-term sustainability here? I don't. I I don't necessarily. But I will say um, it is an experiment in a lane that I really hope doesn't succeed in that I think... 
um, the labels see how much success Cardi B is having. And they're like, wow, she's a reality television star and she's getting all this money. Well, here's another girl that kind of came from the reality, you know, Maury show or whatever, the reality world. She has this viral following. Let's, you know, put three, four million dollars in this other reality star and see if she also pops off. Yeah, but I think that there's a difference between somebody making a career out of accidental success and somebody who is seemingly untalented, but ha- always had the goal in mind to make a career out of themselves. Is, and I would is say Cardi that, seemingly untalented? What I'm or saying are is you this, putting her in the other category? What, no, what I'm saying is that the Cash Me Outside would be accidental success, right? Okay. Um, whereas I would say the Cardi B is, regardless of what you think about her talent, and I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, seemingly untalented in the sense that, like, I mean, I'm not impressed by her, her music or her lyrics, but right. that doesn't necessarily matter. What I am... But it's still accidental. But where I'm going to disagree with you though is okay. that as as I have always known the name Cardi B, I've mm-hmm. I've I've been aware of the name Cardi B for what two three years now. But why? And it it doesn't matter. Okay. What what I've always associated that name with somebody who was trying to break into the music industry. Mm. I always have like this is from so, my outsider's perspective. Yeah, I guess and I so, guess one thing that that differentiates our two perspectives is you're probably in a lot I, more than I actually watch Love and Hip Hop, right? But she's in Love and Hip Hop. So what was her role? So, How did she get into that? She was a stripper who was dating a DJ. Okay. Um, she wanted to do music, but the DJ wouldn't take her seriously. So he had all these other women right, that he was giving a platform. That's all that matters, That's all that matters to me. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, literally every single woman that's on Love and Hip Hop, any of the seasons, sure, they all have an album. That's so, fine. So, so what's to differentiate no, but, but one of them as an, Here, as an here's artist? Here's my point. My, my point is this. My point is, it's it's all from her mentality, okay. right? I personally don't think that Cardi B is all that talented. I personally don't find her attractive. My opinion on this does not matter. Mm-hmm. I can still respect someone's hunger. I can still respect someone's hustle. And what I'm trying to say is that as far as long, for as long as I've known her name, been aware of it, right. I've always known her. I've always associated that name with somebody who might be ratchet and might be proud to be ratchet. And mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. But I've always associated that name with somebody who's been, who's willing to grind to get into the music industry. So even mm-hmm. if she gets on Love and Hip Hop and she's not mm-hmm. there yet, the fact that you tell me she was a stripper mm-hmm. who was dating a DJ and wanted to get into the industry lets me know that this is a an actual goal of hers. This okay. is actually something that she's want that she's gonna be willing to work hard. So what to you're achieve. saying and is, what I'm saying is that the Cash Me Outside chick when she was on Mari or whatever show, I don't think she actually planned to go viral that day. I don't think mm-hmm. it was an, an a completely accidental success. Right, right. And so now to say that well you have this, sure I can try to capitalize off uh, capitalize off of this and get some money, but to be able to turn that into a career i think is a lot i think it's very very tricky whereas mm-hmm. i think cardi b already has a mentality that hey whatever i need to do mm-hmm. i'm already in that mindset i'm already gonna grind and work hard yeah i mean I, I i would just take that a step further to say um i also think that cardi has um a better platform in terms of the the individuals the team the team that she has around her sure um she obviously has she has mixtapes i mean everybody on love and hip-hop has mixtapes that doesn't really matter um but you know she has she has consistent producers she has you know um she's obviously dating somebody in one of the most popular music groups that that is out right now um you know she has a team that's that's willing to push what she's doing to the forefront in addition to the fact that she's on television on you know national television every week and she's big on instagram um, right 
I think I've heard that she is like it's like you know I would just like assume a Snapchat type personality, but but, but she has a larger than life personality. I think that and that's I think that's the we one thing that, about that, that we're missing. Right? We should talk is, about that because yeah. I think that with the Cash Me Outside chick, mm-hmm. um, I don't think people really know much about her other mm-hmm. than like uh, we were laughing at her. She was kind of a buffoon, right? Right, right. But I know that there's a lot of folks who have I don't want to say admiration for Cardi B, but they certainly respect Cardi B yeah. and they appreciate what they appreciate about her is that she mm-hmm. is true to herself and she's just look this is who i am right. and this is who i'm going to be and i think that anytime you have somebody who is like that and maybe they're a little ratchet or maybe they're a little extreme but they're proud of that you're always going to have respect you're always going to have followers and you're always going to have that capability to, to increase your fan base and increase your following leads that's agree. my take on it maybe but i don't know no i agree i agree i think i think at this point in time she's a fixture and that's why why i said the, the whole thing about you know We've created another hip hop star here. Um, I, I, yeah. I think that it's very interesting in in that you know, um, image is everything in 2017. Um, but okay. I, but in an era where image is everything, I think she's one of the luminaries in terms of in terms of images that are out here. Um, interesting. The, okay. the same way Kanye West beating up cameraman toting Henny talking about Taylor Swift is yeah. like he's a media he's a press nightmare and a press dream at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think. Even Cardi, I wouldn't even take it as far as her being a nightmare. I think she's she's exactly what you want if you're if you're a quote unquote industry person right now. So what's her next step then? Her next step, in my personal opinion, keep Snapchatting, keep Instagramming, show us your personality as much as you possibly can. Continue to do that. Go back to Mona and say, Mona, cut the check. Because the only reason you're on here is because of people like me and Jocelyn Hernandez, people are, who are out here that are willing to put themselves out there like that. I am a star now, and I want all the money. And then make another, make I'll, another. I, that's Bodak what I was going to get to. So where? Yeah. Has uh, has she been featured on any Khaled tracks yet? Good question. I don't think she has, but she has been she featured needs... on a G Easy song that's out now. Okay, because I was going to yeah. say what she also needs before you can get another Bodak Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, you can be featured on another dope track. Yeah. So she I... needs to get featured on a dope track somehow, and then mm-hmm. yeah, how soon before you think she needs another another hit record? I think she's doing she's doing features now. Okay. Um, I think she needs one. She needs a winner. I yeah. think I think she can just do two a year if she if she gives us two a year? banger a banger in the summer and a banger in the winter I think I think she can, she can enough she can hold that for years enough. if she wants to hold it for years okay yeah and I don't think it's that hard right like I mean come on man where are we at right now like it's really not that hard so let's get a so I think that we kind of have a mutual understanding or a mutual uh, agreement with with Cardi B right um, do we have a mutual agreement with uh, Kodak Black because I don't think mm. that he has any serious sustainability I think that mm. he might be able to stay in the picture and maybe that's all that matters but I mean I almost think the dude's kind of he's like too much of a caricature I especially think, um, when he's out here saying like disrespectful shit about black women yeah I think I think when you mention the quote unquote mumble rap era He's one of the five names that you mentioned, and I don't think that's going away anytime what are soon. The other four? Unless little Future? Uzi Vert, little Yacht. Oh no, no, no! I, I don't, I don't even consider Future in that category. Right? But he is the mumble F- rapper. Future has has created a lane for himself to where he's just. He, unfortunately, you name him when you name Jay Z, Gucci Mane, um, the people right, who are fine. solidified. All right, so we got, so right? we got Kodak Black. We've got Kodak Black, little uh, Uzi Vert, Vert little Yachty. Yachty. Okay. Um. Who else is it? YG? There. YG's not a mumble rapper. 
Oh, not YG. I'm sorry. Uh, Young Thug. I always get those fuckers oh. confused. Young Thug. Yeah, Young Thug. I think I I wouldn't even put him in this in this class. He's he's like one class before this. Wish Homie Quan, Young Thug. Like those guys are like All a right. little so bit ahead amigos? of it. What about Amigos? Amigos, Mumble Rappers. They kind of are, but I still put them. I all put right, them in the same right, class right. as so Young Thug and, and, and Do we Rich have another two? Or does it even matter? I think it's people we don't know. Like that's probably fair. like Lil Pump and and Lil. <laughs> are you just G. making up these names? No, that's really a person. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Lil Pump and Rich Chiga and and uh, G Herbo and all these other. People what about that I don't even remember like that. Who? <laughs> what about that person? What is that? I'm just making shit up. I oh, know. it sounds like something. I, I thought it probably that was would a real be person. something. I thought that might be a real person. But uh, <laughs> if that's a person, my bad, dog. I'm gonna check your SoundCloud links out. I promise. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I think I think honestly we have to respect Kodak Black in terms of his lane. I think he's probably a piece of shit as a human being, and um. I think if he continues to catch these cases doing ridiculous things like supposedly having group sex and, t- and posting it on Snapchat after after a, um, a concert and getting brought up on rape charges and That's shit like, like that, ooh, bro. Um, fam, like <clears throat> I, I'm already not a fan. Like ease up. I, I think those are going to be the things that derail him more so than the music because I don't think yeah. people really care that much about the integrity of what he's doing. Musically. Yeah. Do you think that he's aware that that is sexual assault? No. We should we should put a bookmark on that because we might revisit mm. it later. Mm. Um, but for now, you had brought up something interesting, and I haven't seen the clip. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to transition here, uh, unless you want to talk no, no, more about it. Um, but Joe Budden um, had a comment right. about uh, what he felt was the best run he had ever seen yeah. in, in terms of hip hop success. Right. And the person, uh, the run, the person he's giving credit for that is Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Yeah. And I mean, essentially, just you know. The overview was he was like, look, 50 Cent was in the industry. He had people that legitimately wanted to kill him. Despite that, he overcame that. He dissed everybody in the industry. He had people in the industry that wanted to kill him. He went on a mixtape run. He got signed to the biggest label and then went on an industry run and killed everything, bought up everybody. So that that's what that's how he's defining it. Yeah. I guess it all depends on how you define it. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. If that's how you're going to define it. We're talking run, about one man who's an artist that, that had a run. Who would you, who would you put well, in? Well, how are we defining run? Like, because if we're talking about that specific run, sure, 50 but then, Cent was and the then, best at that run. But then at the end of the rant, he said, or are we talking about just music and records? And then yeah, the or dude are we said, talking about yeah. money? And then he said, Wayne. Music and records, Wayne? And I would say, I agree. Wayne's uh, so run. Wayne from when? Are we talking about 2000. We talking about squad up mixtapes all the way through drought, dedication, uh, Carter's one, two, three. Uh, which is which is was dedication three the one that had Cannon on it? I think two of them did. Right? Cannon was my. Shit. Yo, all all I can say is Wayne had a period of time where he was like literally the only person who would have matched him was if Pac. Oh, okay. came out in an era where you put out that much music that's like he fine, came in fine, he came fine. out in an era where like you literally had to send your album off for mastering for six months and so then he had the quantity but did he have the quality as well would you would you would you give it that i would say that some of those mixtapes were a little spotty okay but the gold on that is gold gold right. like i mean I like Wayne, some actually. of those tapes are incredible um, some of the things that like you know there was that whole side conversation about whether the carter three was a classic Hell no. I wouldn't call it that. Hell no. But I mean, despite that, 
Um, Wayne had one of the illest runs I've ever seen from a, from a one artist, and it's funny Which because one is that? oh really oh runs. his whole run oh, yeah runs. his yeah, run yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah and it's crazy because you know honestly he came in at an era where and I think it was them also who credited Cameron as the person for giving legitimacy to the South and to Little Wayne, which I I, can see that. I respect that. Like Dipset really yeah. did, like you know, pat them on the back and say, "Yo, you're accepted by New York," uh, but. I think Wayne came in with the chip on his shoulder, like, look, you know, all right, Jay-Z say he's retiring, it's mine now, mm-hmm. I'm the best, respect it, and, and he really did take it. I mean, I, I, I respect him for it, so. Interesting Wayne. I think, um, I, I think it, the argument could be taken a, a few different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. I could even say that, you know, Wu-Tang had a, a, one of the better runs. Uh, but that's not a person. No, but we're talking about artists, right? So but it's about so single... difficult to be a single person and have right. a run. So, well, I mean... Like, Jay, Jay had a run. Yeah, I was also... Jay is yeah. going to be one of the, the people that I would say. I would say yeah. that Jay-Z had an incredible yeah, run Yeah, well. Jay had a run, I would say from sure. Volume 2 to Black Album was... <sighs> was one of the greatest runs i would say well that after I, after um not 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 volume two but uh the no, dynasty I say, dynasty i would say volume two i would say volume two to black album in my opinion uh, i would say is it would actually be because the for, greatest run because for me i would say the run kind of dropped off a little bit with volume three then then when volume three came out then you had the period of time um that led up to uh the dynasty where where beans and mm-hmm. jada were throwing barbs sure and so jay at that point in time jay wasn't even really rapping like that he was just teeing it up yo my guys are about to kill y'all peace and then his guys were just killing the reason and why that's why we got dynasty the reason why i would give it to volume two though is because uh it's still his highest selling record uh, from what I understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's high suddenly record. Oh, so you're just saying, and I think in that that's what albums. the reason why I, I I think I might give it to Jay is mm-hmm. is this one. I think it's his highest selling record. Um, I think that when you had what was what was you that would give it huge, to Jay over Wayne? Hold on, hold on. Okay, let me finish. What was the uh, what was that tour? That Def Jam tour. The Hard Knock Life Tour. The Hard Knock Life Tour. Yeah, yeah, that was a Hard Knock Life Tour, yep. right? Yep. So he headlined that tour. Yeah. Okay. That was a huge deal for Def Jam. Oh yeah. Um, I think after that. Fine, volume three wasn't all that great, but it doesn't matter though. Mm-hmm. He was still relevant. Mm-hmm. You still had the Rock La Familia Dynasty. Then you have Blueprint, which mm-hmm. was amazing. That solidified him as the, as, as the greatest. In Blueprint 2, we both don't like that album, but that was still big. Rah. And then you have Black Album, right? But um, what that run did, I think, was enable Jay Z to become the near billionaire that he is. Yeah. And I think that, fine, Wayne may have had a better run. We're but, talking about records though, right? But, 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 at the, but when you have like, when you have records mm-hmm. that enable financial moves mm-hmm. that make you as like the dawn that you are you know what i mean for me, like, for me i'm gonna say to respect that. for me i'm gonna say i'm gonna say jay from a business perspective i'll even say i'll even put jay up there next to next to 50 in terms of the, the everything category that that joe budden put but I, I gotta go with Wayne for the records, just just because as an artist, I That's I know how difficult it is to be prolific and also give quality, um, and the amount of quality that he gave us with the amount of records that he gave us during that time is just it's unmatched like i mean it's just it's ridiculous when you really go back and think about it. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. No, I could do you that. could have a hard drive of just Little Wayne mixtapes. Okay. No, I I. I like I said, I like Lil Wayne. Uh, I'm yeah. not well versed in that entire run, uh-huh. but I know enough that like, yeah, he's in my, is he in my tier one? He's definitely in my tier two, 
but mm-hmm. he could possibly be in my tier one as well. It's weird for me because I don't really consider him one of my favorite rappers oh, or, one, or I, even like one I of like the him. greatest, greatest. But like, I have nothing but respect for him, for him and what he did. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, his joint on um, was it uh, tr- was it Truffle Butter? The joint with Drake. Mm-hmm. Ah, that verse every time. I love that verse. <laughs> I, there's too many verses that I could quote from from Wayne yeah. that I love. I, I think I, my my joint is uh the Snitches record off of off of Carter One. That's like my giant. Okay. My D Eagle ain't even legal, but shh. Nah, Wayne is <laughs> That's nice. That's a bar, dog. Anyway, Wayne is nice. Wayne is nice. All right. So uh, you want to go to the next topic? Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, we'll 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 go into um, talk about some blackness, some issues affecting the uh, the black community. Black if you power. Will. Um, yeah, so did you catch any of the Emmys? Nah. I didn't catch any of the Emmys. <laughs> you but I caught the highlight of the Emmys. Which yeah, was, I, there's only one thing I needed to see. Right, which was uh, Issa Rae uh, putting it down for, uh, you know, the uh, all the black artists that were there that were getting nominated. Right. We talked about how, like, obviously that's not my favorite show. We've gone back and we forth about, about the writing. We talked about that a little bit, actually. But, uh, I mean, we can or can't. I, we'll, all I want to we'll, say, we'll we'll that say is that's one of the blackest moments I've seen on television. Shout out to Issa Rae. You got a new fan. I'm your biggest fan. Yo, feature me on some shit, man. I'm out here. <laughs> so, I take it you agree with the comment. Dog, I 110% agree with her comment. And I saw somebody posted on Facebook. Um, it said, like, Think about all the people that you were rooting for in the Emmys. If mm-hmm. none of them are black, then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because essentially, that's the same thing. I think, um, so I don't agree with it 110%. I agree with it 100%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I do, I do think there is something to be said for the argument that, well, if a white person said, um, hold, on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me finish. All right. If a white person were to say that, well, I'm, I'm rooting for all the white folks, whatever, right? Uh-huh. Like, you would flip out, right? right? Now, here's my thing. Obviously, I don't agree with that statement, but mm-hmm. I understand the argument, even mm-hmm. though I think the argument has a lot of problems. Right. I understand it. And so, I think that any time that we do this as, you know, have mm-hmm. express this type of sentiment as right. black people, we need to be prepared for that argument yeah. and know exactly mm-hmm. how to counter it. Now, the no. thing about Issa Rae is Issa Rae has made... Um, no secret of the fact that she's, you know, very pro-black. And right. as it's been well established on the internet, being pro-black is mm. not being anti-white or anything else. This okay. is her brand. Yeah. So, and, like, she's not even at risk. But the other thing, too, is that Issa Rae, what she, what she, is, what she wants, what she is fighting for is... She, you know, she wants uh, more black people on TV. She mm-hmm. wants more black people behind the scenes. Like she's rooting for black artists. Right. And I think that if that's the type of person that you are, uh-huh. it behooves you to root for the black people to to get to success. Like exactly. And okay, you can make the argument as some people try to say, oh, you're not rooting for artistic talent and and this that, and the other. Like you don't want that stuff to be rewarded. It's just like look. I want to see people who look like me yeah. uh, get success in Hollywood. Like exactly. that's not a problem. That should be a good thing, and uh-huh. I'm not going to apologize for it. And I mean, um, that's what she's always said. She said, you know, they even asked the impetus of her show, and she's always said, like, I. She she said after Moesha, I think she said was the last show where she saw somebody who she was like, I could be that person yeah. on television. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, we we are called an underrepresented minority for a reason. We're mm-hmm. underrepresented, and she said, "Yo, represent us." I don't I don't feel bad about it. I think it's great. What's interesting um, is I've actually had 
to deal i've had to confront that argument that oh well if a white person were to say uh you know be express white pride or to say that oh i'm more rooting for the white people that you know that would be seen as racist so you guys are being hypocrites and you know who actually argued those those uh those, that fact to me hmm. two black people they said that about this particular statement no 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 just in general like one okay. was a comment on facebook that i had made i made a comment about and the person uh, he listens to the show okay. so he knows exactly who it is i don't need to put his name on blast put his name on no blast, i'm not going to he knows I'm about to come is. see you say snuff it say he's no, already probably laughing when he hears this but <laughs> i made funny. a comment about uh whiteness on mm -hmm. Facebook and I put whiteness in quotes okay. because I didn't necessarily want to say white people or a white person to me like the the enemy here is whiteness it's the whole idea of what whiteness is right uh, which has its roots it has very very like racist roots right like, like anyone who wants to talk about like white heritage right. and white pride the bottom line is that like that goes back to a system which mm -hmm. created white people right at the and, and created black people in order but, to put black people down like but, so but so the reason the reason why that's ignorant right is because of the fact that the reason why there's a difference between black and white is because black people were brought here on ships and so there are people that are literally disconnected from their roots they don't know if they come from senegal nigeria right. south africa you know north africa they don't know where they come from right and so literally there is an, an identity called being black american there's yeah. no white american identity yeah right like and, and so that's well, the difference well between i think the they, two, i right? think they used to be though i think they used to be but then they were british no what, what i'm saying is Irish. that i think that i think that um before so it's really interesting um this whole conversation right because right. i think that there's like uh there's the the american conversation and there's the white conversation and okay. so often these two conversations uh these two terminologies are, are interwoven mm -hmm. and i think that even though america gets it wrong a lot of the times mm -hmm. i do genuinely feel that america is trying to separate itself from its racist history or yeah. not, not evolve from it right okay. i think that america the american story is trying to genuinely evolve from its its racist history right um trying to acknowledge it even though it fails so many different ways i yeah. think it is trying to the thing is though um you also have this idea of whiteness that is very much interwoven into that that american identity and mm -hmm. so often those things get get interwoven mm -hmm. and so i think that there was you know all throughout history plenty of times where like whiteness was was the thing like that was an actual identity was, right. was being white my argument so though, what, what, is like that, what when when was that when was white an identity what so what i'm saying is that um so do you actually want me to get into the history of like I mean, when it started. Briefly, yeah. Because because what I'm saying is before before America, right? Right. Before the transatlantic uh, slave trade, mm -hmm. you know, you were Spanish, you were German, you were Irish, you were right, English, right. you were Welsh, you were whatever, right? And even then, you have your different identities within that. I mean, there's mm. is well documented. So what that, you're saying is like when there were colonies, people wanted to actually establish an identity where they were. Yeah. So 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 in my mind, racism has its roots in classism, mm -hmm. right? You had poor whites that were on, on a lot of occasions were on the same um, social status uh had the same status as poor blacks right they and just didn't enslaved know blacks and the indigenous folks right, right. Uh, so what the masters did was say well okay we're all white over right, here right 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 and they they did that because those poor groups those disenfranchised groups were all grouping together to to, to revolt against but the i think what, masters, you're, right? what you're missing in that right is the people that they were saying you're white 
they weren't saying we're all white. They were saying we're all Americans. These people are subhuman. They're mm, not. They're not human. Not just no. That's that, that, that's the reason why. That's the distinction, right? But yeah, but they were also saying that we're white. Were they white. calling slaves Americans? No, but they were. But they were calling themselves white. Okay. It was like it was like here's the white and here's the negro. Okay. And so they did that so that the the poor white and the poor negro wouldn't form together. Right, 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 exactly. To, to revolt against the masters. Instead, yep. the all they had to do was say, "Well, you know, you're still poor, but you're above you're the above negro." Right. And that's where white comes from, right? Mm-hmm. So so the whole idea of white pride then is like, well, like that's that's the roots of whiteness in America is that. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have pride up for that, like that's pretty like that's what you're proud of which is something that america is trying to get away from like you shouldn't be proud of that Mm. and so to me the blackness isn't so much about being brought here on slave ships i mean yeah that's part of it for sure but it's the idea that for so long black people in this country weren't in control of their own identity like they Mm. they weren't they didn't have control over their blackness Mm. and so for them to get that and then express pride in that is wholly different than you expressing pride and 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 whiteness. Right. It's almost um, like a regression. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's and and it's one of those things that if you're a white person listening to this, you might say it's not fair. Well, fu- like you know what, fuck that shit. I don't care if it is fair <laughs> because I mean, like, look at American history. Yeah. That shit was not fair for a lot of people. Right. So I really don't fucking give a shit. <laughs> so you know. You know, big up to Issa Rae, right? Um, and big up to, to you know all the think pieces that went out supporting that, uh, supporting her because you know we yeah. need, you know we need black folks that are going to support her and get behind her. Yeah, hundred um, uh, percent. Speaking about blackness, though, yeah. there's also uh, you know the the issue of uh, Colin Kaepernick right now. Right. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little about that because right. I haven't watched the NFL for two years. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, you yeah. are. You, do you still watch the NFL? Like, what's your I, take on it? Now? I don't. Uh, I've been boycotting. Uh, you know, I feel like I've 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 gotten to my wits end with Goodell already. Uh, okay. Prior to this situation, really, really playing out. But um, you know, going into this season and seeing everything that the the NFL really stands for, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I just couldn't in good conscience continue playing fantasy football, playing Madden, watching you know NFL, and 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 so okay. I, I don't. Nice, but but you're yeah. still a Bears fan, right? I'm I'm a Bears fan. I'll be a Bears fan forever. Um, you're so you're still gonna follow the team. You're just not gonna uh, watch. I don't even follow the team. To be oh, honest with you, you, occasionally um, on Facebook things will come up where people will reaffirm the fact that we suck, and then I'll just be like, <laughs> we suck. Okay. But um, but outside of that, I haven't watched a single game or, or anything. In fact, I remember seeing in my timeline up. Uh, you know who i don't remember who it was cam meredith or or kevin white or whatever got hurt you know i'm like okay well that makes sense i mean we suck but um yeah man like i'm not i'm not watching do you what are your thoughts on i guess the controversy right now because there Mm -hmm. is at least from what i'm seeing Mm -hmm. there is somewhat of a controversy or Mm -hmm. at least an argument Mm -hmm. you know uh within the black community Mm -hmm. about people who are not willing to boycott Mm. you know black folks who are not willing to boycott and and these are black folks who appreciate what colin kaepernick did i think there's two controversies actually right so there's that controversy and i'll speak on that first right which is i mean I, as a man, I don't think I can judge someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the same way I can say, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, do drugs and somebody else does drugs. And so I feel like I'm better than like, I, I don't, I don't do that. So, I mean, if you still watch, you know, more power to you. I just hope, you know, that at least first you've educated yourself, you know, what's going on and you've taken the position on it where you're saying, despite what's going on, these are the reasons why it's more important to me to watch. Okay. If, that, if that's your perspective, I respect it, and I'm just letting it be, be what it is. Okay. Um, so that's how I feel about that. 
and then I'll go to the next one if you're okay with that. Well, I'm curious though. You say you don't judge. I mean, mm-hmm. would you not judge a rapist? Is, like, <laughs> is that the same thing? Well, well I'm asking like, where's the line? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I don't judge this because this is a recreational activity. The same way I don't judge, you know, when we when we all marched, um, you know, because of the fact that um, y- you know, of the killings mm-hmm. of Mike Brown and and folks like that in 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 DC. Right. Um, I marched. I saw other folks out there that were familiar faces. I have friends that didn't march. That's fine. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to have a not problem. Not marching. With that. Does that mean um, that you're supporting the police? Whereas if no. you're watching the NFL, you are supporting the NFL, are you not? That's a fair argument, but what I'm saying is I, I don't think that you can cast um, the black revolutionary uh, banner on everybody. And so the same way Muhammad Ali to me was was a figure that I, I really have a lot of respect for. I really respect what he did and, mm-hmm. and how he really was able to, to or willing to hang himself out there for the things that he believed in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not gonna say that, you know, Joe Frazier and and you know, all these other folks out here that that were less active and less outspoken about the things that they believe, I'm not gonna judge them or condemn them. I'm just gonna go ahead and big up and respect the person who I did see put themselves out there in that way. And so in the same way, I love football. I've watched football for a long time. Like I said, I've been playing fantasy football for over 10 years. This is the first year that I'm, I'm not participating. It's a big sacrifice for me, but at the same time, I've decided to make that sacrifice based on the facts of what I've learned. And so for other folks that are not willing to make that sacrifice for whatever their reason is, again, I just hope that they've educated themselves. And if they've made that decision on the basis of whatever that education is, then I respect it. Okay. I actually have to applaud you because this was a very easy thing for me to do. Okay. In the sense that, like I said, I stopped playing fantasy football in 2016. Um, I made the decision in the spring of 2016 just because... I had too many other things I wanted to Yo, do. Yo, Outlaw just, used to be a commissioner. He was a great commissioner most of the time. Uh, <laughs> had a lot of great shit talk. He had he would he would write out synopses yeah, of every single rankings. every single team's week based on you know and their standings. I mean, he he was a really elaborate. So he was really into fantasy. Football. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I realized that I just didn't have the time to to commit to it anymore. Yeah. So. Um, in 2016, that was the first year I stopped playing fantasy football. It was great. I got my Sundays back. And when I stopped playing fantasy football because I stopped watching, it allowed me to really hate the NFL the way I wanted to. <laughs> and the thing is, I've hated the NFL since yeah. 2011, 12. And I've known this. Yeah, I but think because so, I like fantasy football so much, I was just like, eh. You right. know what I mean? But, but, and, and, and some people are aware of this. I, I've been saying for like the past five, six years that the day that the NFL gets shut down mm-hmm. is I stop whatever I'm doing immediately. I go to the, the closest bar and I get <laughs> drunk in celebration, right? right? But I said this even when I was playing fantasy football, right? right, right. So when I, when I finally stopped playing, it allowed me to really just hate it and truly just fucking hate it. The right. only time I ever watched it was when people were over at my house and it was like, all right, it's a playoffs. Like, I'm going to put on the playoffs. Right, right, right. And so the thing is, is it's like, I, I like football. Um, I definitely used to love it. I still think it's one of the greatest team sports ever invented. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is coming from a soccer fan. Like, mm-hmm. I love soccer. I still dream about soccer <laughs> at least once or twice Indeed a week, is. right? Um, but I still think that even as great as, as much as I love soccer, I, I think that, you know, NFL football is a greater team sport right. than soccer, right? So I do have a tremendous amount of respect for the sport, but 
you know, given that I I don't really love it, it's very easy for me to just not watch because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be watch- like even if Colin Kaepernick got signed, right. I wouldn't be watching. Mm-hmm. So now that he's now that he's not signed and there's the the boycott, mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah, of course. So it's yeah. very easy for me. So I can sit here and talk shit, you know, to anyone else who's not doing it. But like, well, oh, you know, you guys aren't you guys aren't serious. You know, you're not down for the cause. Right. And it's just like I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Um. That's why I say I applaud you and, yeah, you know. I I would like it for folks who who do believe in what he did mm-hmm. um to boycott but yeah. I also understand like if if you really really love the sport like I can't it's I can't really judge you yeah um for not boycotting just because it's like you know if you were to ask me to give up soccer or something yeah. like that I mean it'd be very very tough for me to do and additionally you know I've had friends who have come to me and been like you know you look at Kaepernick's teammates or you know some of the guys who, who've knelt teammates and they yeah. just kind of put their hand on their shoulder in solidarity like that's coon shit why don't you why don't you get down on your knee as well and I'm like if somebody in your office were to say hey you know this corporation's doing all types of terrible things and, and unscrupulous things and in, in, in you know the interest of making money um you know i'm going to not take my paycheck or i'm going to put my paycheck in jeopardy by doing x y and z right would you also call yourself the same thing mm-hmm. for not immediately taking the same right. action right. and so i try to i try to put things in that perspective like these are the livelihoods of these these gentlemen and so i mean you know, they some people are showing their solidarity in different ways, yeah. etc. And I respect everybody who's involved. So it's yeah. like that. Um, no, nah, I, I feel with you. I feel you on that point. Um, have you? I'm curious. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the article that Damon posted on Very Smart Brothers? Which one is this? This is the one where he. I, the title is is very uh, sensational. It says that black men are oh. the white people of the black community, or something to that effect. Yeah, n- I haven't read it yet. Okay. I saw the title. I've seen people repost it. I haven't even read it, and I agree. Okay. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Mila because I think Mila is the first person I saw post something to that uh, okay. effect. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree as well. I don't really have any. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have any points of contention with it. You know, it's it's, it's uh-huh. interesting is that um, I've actually seen more people support it than I've seen people against it. Mm. Or push, or I've seen more support than I've seen pushback. And I'll talk about from men. Huh. Like, this is, this is mean, always something... Not, would you it, say it's it's pretty i mean the 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 fact of it is is pretty straightforward in but my opinion it's always so interesting um that like i always feel like i'm in a tough situation because i like to think that i'm sensitive to these issues and just because now also just because i'm sensitive doesn't mean that i won't still say something stupid mm-hmm. all right because look right. i'm a man so sometimes i don't understand these things right um but you know, if I say something stupid, feel please feel free to call me out. Like, and I'll actually listen. Uh, at least I like <laughs> to think I will. But um, but what's interesting though is that I don't feel like like the person that he's describing in that mm-hmm. article mm-hmm. is not me, right? Mm. Um, like the type of men that he's referring to, like it's not me, and it's very <laughs> not all men. Hashtag no, 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 no. But hold on, <laughs> you right. mansplaining? No. I'm so here's right. the thing, though, right? Like <laughs> it's also very easy for me to just say like it's, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a very um. It's a very common defense. Oh, well, I know he's not talking to me. So, right, right. like, and so I'm not upset with the article, right? But mm-hmm. I know that it's also my responsibility as a man to, you know, educate, if you will, right. or en- help enlighten uh, the men that I hang around, right? Right, right. But it's like, 
I genuinely it's it's really really tough because like I really don't encounter like I, it's rare that I actually encounter like situations like this where I actually mm. have to let another man know like nah like that's not cool. Yeah, I mean I think honestly though you know you of of all the folks that I would consider my friends I think you keep a a a, a pretty. A, a, a group of friends that has a, a fairly high level of integrity like you know and i, I think oh, well, you kind of you, you kind of seem to like also you know in in natural or less natural ways i don't know that i would have to ask you offline uh you kind of weed out the folks that don't necessarily fit that mold um and have a fairly safe space when it comes to the folks that you you know surround yourself with so i i can imagine that you probably have to educate folks less than some other people would i mean in my case you know, I've I've had female friends of mine call male friends of mine trash. So I sure. mean, you know, and I've been in situations where I've had to, you know, talk to folks and be like, "Come on, man!" Like, you know, X, Y, and Z. I kind of so. wish I I did have more opportunities to do this. Like, and here's the other <laughs> no, thing: you don't. Like, no, I'm gonna tell you why. Because yeah. I think that I have, I think I have perspectives that could really uh, could really help out dudes understand things a little bit. Yeah, I think. Um, you never want to be in a situation where you where you have to have to have those conversations. Uh, I, I think they're really good educating moments. Sometimes they can drive a wedge between you and another person. Yeah, which sometimes has never been they a can drive me. a wedge between you and another group of people, which also um, has never been a problem. And, for me. But but you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think it's our responsibility as men. You know what I mean? What uh, if you don't mind? Uh, and we can always cut this if we need to. If you don't mind, what are some of what are some of the teachable moments that you've had to explain? You don't have to give any names, but just, you know. I you think know. I'm going to decline that one. The, the decline. Yeah. Um, all right. How about this? Um, are you familiar with that? What would you say are some of the pushback? Have you heard any pushback from the article or anything like that? Or are you used to hearing any kind of pushback from these types of arguments? Um, I've, I've heard a lot of, like, not all men type of pushback. Oh, um, gotcha. You know, I think actually, I think either Mila said it when she originally said it was on, like, Facebook or something. And I think... Some men came on and like immediately missed the point and were like, yeah. oh, well, that's not me. I'll save you or like <laughs> not yeah. all men or whatever. You know what I mean? And I feel like doing that just completely misses the point of what's what's being said here. You know? Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, if you if you are a man who does feel like that, like you don't need to take it personal. Right. Right. Like. But but at the same time, what you do need to do is. It, which is why I'm definitely going to read that article. And when I saw it, I was like, I want to take the time to actually sit down and read it. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the whole article may not embody you, but there may yeah. be one point that you sure, might be able always. to apply in your life yeah. or apply to, you know, your in encounters and interactions with somebody else that you know. And so, I mean, I think it could be a good teachable moment that all of us should read, listen and engage. Even if you don't feel as though you're currently exhibiting these traits, keep your eye out for them because the same way we sit here and talk about, you know, the microaggressions that we face as black men, you know, in, in, in corporate America or whatever, you know, it's your responsibility. It's our responsibility as the white people of black people <laughs> to try to be sensitive to things that may not necessarily affect us because of our privilege, our male privilege. Mm -hmm. So that's all. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else for that. 
Cool. So you want to set it down and, and move to the uh, the next episode? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Get the score, I can get them both. I don't want to choose. And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money moves. If I see you now, speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make money moves.